it does feel like what they hired Brent Venables to do to invigorate that side of the ball, to go and recruit like a madman and all little, all the different corners of the college football and high school football world, it's starting to pay off. Hello and welcome. It is officially February here in always college football world. We appreciate you being with us. I'm Greg McElroy. It is February 1st, and we hope that you're enjoying the show wherever you're getting the show, whether that's on the ESPN YouTube channel or if you're here with us via the podcast, please like, rate, and subscribe, and we hope that January treated you well. I'm actually in Dallas, Fort Worth right now, Arlington to be specific, and just outside this window is an ice storm like I've never seen. Now, Dallas has a tendency to have some pretty rough weather. I'm from Dallas, okay? I love this city. I do. But we don't handle ice very well, so you'll have to excuse my camera. You'll have to excuse my backdrop because right now we're doing the best we can. (laughs) Mark Kubiak's alongside, as is Jack Foster. We really appreciate it, man. It's been a lot of fun talking about college football. Even as the offseason continues to move forward, we're moving forward pretty quickly, man. And signing day is here. We're, of course, going to dive in. Designing day, we're going to talk a little bit about the transfer portal, some teams that have really improved their roster immediately by going to the transfer portal. And right now, we're going to talk a little bit about how everyone said some of these programs would never be the same in the NIL era. The NIL is going to level the playing field. Well, we found out if you're a top dog, you're probably going to remain a top dog, regardless of whether or not NIL has leveled the playing field. So we'll get into all that. We have a very exciting show for you. We're going to have some fun. So let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about it. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, so signing day is officially here, right? We've already had the one in December. Why we have the one in December, I'll never totally understand, but that's a conversation for a different day. Signing day to me is always the first Wednesday of February. That's just the way it's always been for me. Now, if you want to go to school early, that's fine, what have you. But today is, I think, I guess a, a holiday of sorts if you are a college football fan. So when you look at where things are, and I'm going to use the 247 rankings okay so those that are said well you know on three or espn like that's that's fine like they're all great okay i look at the composite of all of them 
I think 247 does a phenomenally good job. I think they have a lot of really good people working there. So I'm just going to use them for right now. That's no disrespect to the staff at ESPN or on three or rivals or any of that stuff. This is just the one that I frequent the most. Okay. So I'm going to go with 247 right now. Alabama currently occupies the top spot. It's amazing to me because it seems to me like everybody and their brother, right? Everybody and their brother said, yeah, you know, Nick Saban's going to be maybe a little bit difficult for him to adjust to the NIL world. Well, clearly isn't the case. Them, Georgia, Texas, Oklahoma, Ohio State, those are the four teams that round out the top five. What's changed? Tell me what's changed in the NIL world compared to what it was like before the NIL. Nothing. The players are still going to go to places that give them the best chance to compete for championships and potentially get a pathway to the NFL. Alabama currently sits at the top spot with 28 commitments. Nine of those 28, according to 247, are five-star players. Of course, 18 are four-star players. So use it however you will. Nick Saban is still as good as it gets when it comes to to recruiting high school talent. Georgia sits in there at number two. Nothing new there. Kirby Smart's been relentless on the path for, gosh, as long as I can remember. I've known Kirby Smart since 2007. The guy's always been a tenacious recruiter. Should come as no surprise that they come in with the number two class right behind Alabama. 26 total commitments, five five stars, 17 four stars. But here's where it starts to get a little bit more interesting. Like Ohio State's always going to be in the top five as well, right? Like that's not that's not earth shattering. They have another terrific class and their class is actually slightly smaller than that of both Alabama and Georgia. Ohio State, just 20 commitments so far with one five star and 18 four stars. Terrific class, but just slightly smaller than that of what you see with both Alabama and Georgia. But I think it's really interesting, man. Like you look at this, Oklahoma being at number four, like we've seen Texas in the top five. That really shouldn't come as that much of a surprise. We all know, too, that Texas has insanely deep pockets, and we all know that they got Arch Manning. So <laughs> that obviously is going to go a long way as it pertains to boosting what is already a very strong class. But Texas has always, I feel like, had very, very, very strong recruiting classes. I don't feel like there's anything new as it relates to Texas. They're always good. Why? Because there's 350 kids in the state of Texas that go Division One every year. So, hey, pick of the litter, man. <laughs> so Longhorns have always fared quite well. But Oklahoma, I think what's really interesting, we had talked for a while about Brent Venables, and man, you look at Oklahoma, and I think it was best exemplified a few years ago. Granted, little early, right? A little early, but Lincoln Riley didn't have a roster that could compete with the top programs in college football. Now, they could obviously get to the playoff, but when they got to the playoff, they had a difficult time being super competitive. You're going to say, well, what about 2017? Yes. Okay. 2017. That was the best Oklahoma team I've ever seen. So yeah, okay, 2017 was a great year. They were unbelievable along both lines of scrimmage. They had a great quarterback. They had skill position players all over the field that are all now playing on Sundays. All right, they were great in 2017. But if you look at the other years, they just haven't quite had the horses on the defensive side at all three levels, I might add, 
to be able to keep up with, say, 2019 LSU and some of the other teams that they ran into. But you look at where they have emphasized the recruiting. Jackson Arnold, quarterback, five-star guy from Denton Geyer, great high school in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But then you look at the next best players in Oklahoma's recruiting class, safety, safety, edge, offensive tackle. Like It used to be defensive line corner seven of their top eight players if you remove Jackson Arnold play defense that is what Brent Venables is there for Oklahoma is positioning themselves extremely well with their high school recruiting for the future because now as they transition here in the next year or two into the SEC it does feel like what they hired Brent Venables to do to invigorate that side of the ball, to go and recruit like a madman and all little, all the different corners of the college football and high school football world, it's starting to pay off. And if you look at that class, three five stars, 14 four stars, 26 overall players, man, it feels like this could be the class that really changes things for Oklahoma here in the very near future. Let's continue on. LSU sits at number six right behind Ohio State. Y'all, last I checked, and you tell me if I'm wrong, I thought Brian Kelly wasn't going to be able to recruit in the South. Like I, th- I thought that's what, that was what the narrative was, was it not? It wasn't Brian Kelly supposed to be a fish out of water, and this is just a terrible fit. How is this ever going to work? There's no way he's going to be able to go in and recruit all these dudes. Well, guess what? He's got the best player in the state of Louisiana or one of the best players in the state of Louisiana, and Zaylin's Hurd, who's going to be an immediate difference maker, potentially at offensive tackle right out of Monroe. He's been to Miami. He's got Shelton Sampson there from right in his backyard in Baton Rouge. They've gone to Georgia. They've gone to Baltimore. So he's used a similar approach. Look, he's going to have access to the in-state talent pool. We know that. Everybody is trying to recruit the state of Louisiana. In particular, everybody's trying to recruit Monroe because Monroe has per capita probably the best offensive and defensive lineman players every single year. So he's able to get in to the state of Louisiana, but he still has the national appeal. And that's what I think is going to be very important. Look, if you are a kid in the state of Louisiana, you're going to grow up with an affinity more than more often than not for LSU. I mean, it's going to be tough to beat the Tigers for a kid in Louisiana. But you cannot make up your roster exclusively from one state. I think being able to go into all other parts of the country is also very important. And that's exactly what Brian Kelly has been able to do. He's in at number six as it relates to the recruiting class in his first full offseason. Miami sits at number seven. Very, very interesting here. Why? Because Miami last year was terrible. Five and seven. They're without an offensive coordinator right now after Josh Gaddis just was released a couple weeks ago, a couple days ago. So Miami, there's still some uncertainty, right? And Miami has been aggressive in the portal as well. So when you look at what we all said when Mario Cristobal got the job, he was going to do a really good job of being aggressive and he was going to recruit like a madman and he was going to go out there and make it happen. Well, how about this? Three of their top five players are from IMG Academy right there in Bradenton, Florida. 
three of their top five players. I mean, that tells you all you need to know. And you think about that, man. I'm looking down his list. Unlike that of what's going on with Brian Kelly in Louisiana, they are focusing big time on the state of Florida. That's where Miami's trying to live. And guess what? If you look back at when Miami was at their very best, early 2000s, right? They were the very best team, the most talented team in America on an annual basis. And their roster was made up about 85% of their kids were from the state of Florida. So you got so many dudes on this roster. Yes, okay. They got Samson Okunlala. He's from Massachusetts. But other than that, man, Ruben Bain, Miami Central. Jaden Wayne, IMG Academy. Riley Williams, IMG Academy. Nathaniel Joseph, Miami, Florida. Uh, Malik Bryant, Orlando, Florida. Going down the list, Robbie Washington, Miami Palmetto. Bobby Washington, Miami Palmetto. Emery Williams, Milton, and Milton, Florida. I mean, like right down the list, it's one after another there in the state of Florida. I mean, it's almost rare to find a guy that is from outside the state of Florida. So clearly Miami has a focus on trying to really get home and keep those guys in the state of Florida. And I think it's a great play. And look at the res- look at the response so far. Number seven in the country, even after a dismal first season for Mario Cristobal and his staff. Let's go next to Tennessee. Another very interesting situation with Tennessee because I, for one, and I've watched and observed Tennessee for a while, right? I've watched and observed them for a very long time, dating back to when I was in school. Here's the thing about Tennessee. They have so many people that are moving to the state, so many people that are coming to Nashville. I mean, I think Nashville is growing by like a thousand people a day or some absurd number. But because of Georgia and them locking down Atlanta, because of Clemson's resurgence, because of Alabama's dominance in North Alabama and Auburn, of course, their presence there as well. Tennessee has really had to get a little bit more creative as it relates to who they go after. They don't have the pipeline to Atlanta like they once did. They got to get into North Carolina. They got to make sure that guys that might not have grown up in the state of Tennessee, they have an affinity for the University of Tennessee. They got to get back to Memphis. They got to do a better job in state. And it appears like they've done that, but they haven't lived exclusively in state. They've gotten to North Carolina for a couple guys. You go out to California, get your star quarterback and Nico Imaleva. Like they have really done a good job of being national. And I think that's where Tennessee is going to have to live as they continue forward. They're in at number eight. Notre Dame is in at number nine, probably one of the best recruiting classes in recent history for Notre Dame. We've talked about it. The academic regulations are tricky, and it's not necessarily the easiest place to get guys into school. But Marcus Freeman has done a terrific job in a very short period of time. If you look at how he's performed, even when he was an assistant at Cincinnati and at Notre Dame, the relationships that he's been able to cultivate has certainly paid off. Now it's about performance on the field. And there were some good moments for Notre Dame, but there were not enough good moments for Notre Dame. So cautiously optimistic with this recruiting class, they can continue forward in a major way. And then rounding out the top 10, the Oregon Ducks. Oregon, to me, is a fascinating story. Why? Because they are probably more capable than just about anybody outside of maybe Texas A&M and Texas and some of those schools with crazy deep pockets. But you think about just what 
Oregon has at their disposal as far as resources. Phil Knight is pretty significant, and they can be such a huge player in the NIL world. And it's also a state that does not have crazy in-state talent. So here's where they are. They go to Bellflower, California, get Mateo Uyunglele. He's their number one guy in the class. He's an edge defender. You have to go to Idaho Falls, Idaho with Kenyon Sadiq. He's an athlete. He's going to be a guy that's probably going to be an early contributor there as well. You go to the state of Texas. They go to Mississippi. Some of their top guys are from all over the country. They're not in the Northwest. Yes, they have a guy or two from Washington. They've gotten out to Hawaii and they've done a really good job there. And traditionally, of course, with bringing in Hawaii players. But man, you look at it, they've had to go all over the country. And Dan Lanning, I think, has put together an excellent class that would rival just about anybody, especially knowing how few players are in their own backyard. So that's the top 10 right now, according to 247. Going to be very interesting to continue to evaluate where things are. But before we put a bow on our recruiting conversation at the moment, Let's quickly talk about how good of a job, and tell me this, how good of a job Colorado's done in just a short period of time. Deion Sanders gets the head job, and I know a lot of people have made a huge deal about, well, Deion Sanders, he's, I don't like how he's getting rid of the roster. That roster has not been competitive for years. So, hey, this is a performance-based industry. If you are not performing, I'm sorry, you cannot be a part of this football team. Simple as that. I know feelings were probably hurt. I know that might sound harsh, but guess what? The guys that were on that roster won one game last year. Now it's time to completely reinvent yourself if you're Colorado. And in a very short period of time, Deion Sanders has gone out. And it's not necessarily that he's landing every single guy he goes after, right? He's not necessarily going to hit a home run with every single guy they go after. But look just when you get a chance, look at how many guys have Colorado in their top five. Look how many guys have Colorado in their top eight. How many of those guys would have even considered Colorado prior to Deion Sanders' arrival? A handful? A small handful, perhaps? And now you sit here, number four in the transfer rankings, number 29 in the composite rankings. You got 21 overall when it comes to their entire class. That right there in a very short period of time is pretty dang remarkable. So kudos to Deion Sanders and his staff because it's not easy to get things going. But if you look at it, man, they are heading in the right direction under his leadership. A couple others that we need to note, some classes that are probably a little bit disappointing. Arkansas, currently right now, coming in at number 22. And that might sound, hey, that's pretty good. Yeah, not it's not bad, but Arkansas has been a program that's trying to elevate in the SEC West. And right now, they're, they have technically, according to the rankings, if you will, one of the worst classes in the division. That's something that is a little bit problematic for Sam Pittman moving forward. Other things of significance, Texas A&M, right? So much was made of Texas A&M 
back in the 2022 signing class. They had the best class ever. They, of course, went out and made a huge splash with so many players and did a remarkably good job in winning the recruiting title. Now they fall to number 13. And you're going to say, 13 is not that bad. I agree, but considering where you were last year, how have things changed for Jimbo Fisher? And is it a perception situation? Are players a little bit more hesitant to potentially go to play for the Yaggies when compared to where they were last year? Maybe they've altered how they're doing NIL. Maybe they've done some things like that. And I think that might be beneficial as well. Other things that were a little bit concerning. Ole Miss. I know you said, Greg, you just did three SEC West teams. Understandably so. But I just referenced I'm concerned for Arkansas. Well, I'm definitely concerned for Ole Miss. Just 14 commitments, obviously, from the high school ranks. And I'm not saying I know where Ole Miss lives. They live in the portal. I know that's significant. I know what Lane Kiffin prioritizes. I get that. But at the same time, I do feel like making sure there is still an emphasis on high school recruiting, more of an emphasis on high school recruiting is going to set a foundation and a culture long term. Doesn't mean they won't still win games. They will. But if you continue to live in the portal, that's going to have an effect on you, I think, for the worse down the road. And that would be something that would make me somewhat hesitant as I continue to evaluate how Ole Miss is going about it from a personnel standpoint. But either way, that's kind of the sum, basically a 30,000 foot perspective of what's going on right now on the recruiting trail. We're going to dive into it a little bit more, get into specific classes, talk about specific players here in the weeks to come because we're not done in recruiting. February is going to be a month for us where we talk an awful lot of recruiting and we can fill you in the best way we know how by bringing in experts that have evaluated these guys front and center for the last several weeks. So stay tuned. Plenty more when it gets to the recruiting angle and how we cover it here on Always College Football. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, Macro, I got to ask you about the Big 12, though. You mentioned that Texas and Oklahoma both have top five classes overall. The next highest Big 12 team is TCU at 22. Is that any reason for concern kind of looking ahead when Texas and Oklahoma leave for the SEC? I think it's going to be fascinating to continue to watch where the Big 12 is at. Obviously, they still occupy a very talent-rich footprint. You obviously have a nice presence in the state of Texas. You now have added Ohio with Cincinnati. You've also added UCF with Florida. So I think it's going to be really interesting 
to kind of survey from a distance where the Big 12 is at from a perception standpoint down the road. I've asked every one of these Big 12 coaches, whether it was on this platform or whether it was in an interview somewhere at some point. I've asked Dana Holgerson. I've asked Luke Fickle when he was at Cincinnati. And I've asked Gus Malzahn. When you remove the group of five moniker, that is enormous on the recruiting trail. And I think, and I've said this publicly, I've said this on this show, I don't think there is a more talented city in the country as it relates to football than Houston, Texas. I, I really believe that it may not pains me as a Dallas guy to admit that, <laughs> but I really believe that per capita, Houston might be the most talented city in America. Now, you can disagree. You can say, well, Atlanta. You might disagree and say, well, the DMV. You might disagree and say Miami. Fine. Like, that, that's fine. I mean, we, we can all, we can have that argument somewhere down the road. But I've talked to Tom Luganville about this in the past. When you look at Tom Herman, Tom Herman, when he was the head coach at Houston, he was able to put together some pretty incredible classes. Remember, at Oliver, a handful of other guys. Do you realize the average proximity to the university's campus of their recruiting classes over a three-year period? The average proximity from where guys grew up and the distance it took from where they grew up to campus, it was 32 miles. 32 miles. So you can put together an insanely competitive Division I Power 5 roster and not drive more than 30 minutes in every direction. That's massive. And I think it's going to be really interesting. Look, the Big 12 schools that are remaining right now, obviously Texas and Oklahoma, they're leaving. Whether it's 24 or 25, it really doesn't matter. They're leaving. But the schools that are remaining in the Big 12, you're talking about major developmental programs. Oklahoma State traditionally, very developmental. Iowa State traditionally, very developmental. TCU, very developmental. Texas Tech, very developmental. That's where their bread is going to be buttered. They have got to lean in to the developmental aspect of it. And I think it's going to be really interesting. When push comes to shove and we are evaluating these schools five years from now, What's the pecking order in the Big 12? Because to me, the best job in the Big 12 right now, you can make a strong argument that it's Houston. Might sound crazy. I think TCU is, of course, in the mix. But I think you can make a strong argument because of the recruiting pipeline that exists right there in the city of Houston. I think that that could be a goldmine situation for Dana Holgerson and whoever might have the job at some point down the road. But either way, it's going to be really interesting right now. TCU got a little bit of a bump because of what's happened and the program recognition and having a Heisman Trophy finalist and having a national championship berth. They got a little bit of a bump, but to be honest with you, I thought the bump would be more significant. To be there in the low 20s is not ideal, especially after a magical run. So going to be very interesting, I think, in the years to come to figure out exactly what the totem pole looks like in the Big 12. And I think that might be a show for down the road because I'm already excited about that conversation. Because anytime you put a ranking together, we're, we're cooking with gas. <laughs> That'll do it for us here 
at Always College Football from a snowy hotel room in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Greg McElroy. Please like, rate, and subscribe. It helps us out. It really helps the show out. We're going to continue to be with you at least three days a week from this point forward. We hope that you're enjoying the content. And if there's something you want us to discuss, hit us up in the mailbag. We're getting several, several show ideas and thoughts from you, the listener. We really appreciate it. Alwayscollegefootball at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on social media, always CFB on both Instagram and on Twitter. So if there's something you want to hear about, hit us up. We will do a show exclusively for you. <laughs> Audience of one, if you will. So thanks so much for being with us. For all of us here at Always College Football, for Jack Foster, for Mark Kubiak, I'm Greg McElroy. We hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, it's Always College Football. Hey guys, it's Greg McElroy. Thanks for watching Always College Football. Make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to ESPN's YouTube channel and wherever you listen to your podcasts.